Hey, hey, all you Finding Arizona podcast fans. This is episode number 255. I am your host, Jose. Thank you so much for listening. Today's guest is Kristen, who's coming to us all the way from Chestnut at the Vintage. We are very excited to have her on the show just because we've known Kristen for a little while and we've never officially had her on the show. So exciting to get to know her a little bit more on a per- on a personal level, but on top of that is exciting to share her story as well. Uh, we're, we are moving forward through COVID. It is a Officially July 11th, we are back on lockdown. So there's a lot of things that are going on. So we hope to be a convenient outlet for you guys to listen to, on top of which we want to be an outlet for all of those local businesses to share their stories with us so that we can give it back to the community. It is a perfect time for you to share your story with everyone so that they know where to support you and how to help you out. So let me help you out. You can send us an email over at FindingArizonaPodcast at gmail.com. We will set you up with scheduling and all of that. But before we get into all of the that, we encourage you guys to go check out our website at FightingArizonaPodcast.com. There you'll check out all the episodes from previous guests. But on top of that, there are two outlets for you guys to go check out as well. One is the newsletter, which is a little bit more of the official side of what's going on with the podcast. We let you know what's going on in the community, all the events. And on top of that, we also let you know what's going on officially with our podcast who's the next upcoming guest, et cetera, et cetera. But on top of all of all that goodness of the newsletter, you get another piece of way of connecting to us personally, and that is through our blog. Last week, we did not post an episode, and I'm very sorry to do that to you guys, but I also have a very special and exciting announcement as to why we did not post. Uh, so we uh, posted it last week on 4th of July that Brittany and I are having our very first child together. Yes, uh, we are very excited. We're going to be first time parents and uh, I have no other words than that. I am very very excited and very pleased to share this with you. It is an exciting announcement, not only for Brittany and I, but for our family as well. So that being said, we are very excited to announce our little new co-host coming to us January 2021. And uh, again, I am very, very lost for words to even put this in two words is just incredible and I'm excited. Uh, that is the end of our intro. There will be no community corkboard. You got to listen to the next episode. So what we're doing t- this week is actually giving you guys double duty. So we're giving you double episodes. Uh, this one will be the first one. And the next one will have our community corkboard. That being said, this is episode number 255 with Kristen of Chestnut at the Vintage. We will catch you on the next episode. What is it you do? And why do you do it? Here at Finding Arizona Podcast, we love to showcase that. And so do our friends at Every Impression Counts. They offer free strategy consultations so you can envision the possibilities for your business or idea, such as websites, social media management, paid advertising like the top of Google, along with advertising on Facebook, Instagram, Snap, video production, photography, podcasting, SEO, blogging, analytics, and so much more. In today's world, it's never been so cost-effective to produce and distribute content with the tools that you have at your disposal. If you've ever thought, what if, just have a convo with my friends at Every Impression Counts. You can find them at eic.agency or check out what they're up to by following them on Instagram and Facebook at Every Impression Counts and tell them Finding Arizona Podcast sent you.
chatty. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Finding Arizona podcast. I am your host, Jose. As always, we bring in someone very special every week, and today is no different. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm very excited to have this individual come in through our doors. We know her. She's been fantastic. We've met her before, and her food is delicious and nutritious, to say the least. Um, ladies and gentlemen, the owner of Chestnut, Please welcome Kristen. Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? <laughs> Doing okay. Yes. Doing okay. Surviving. Good. And that's <laughs> kind of what our first question is going to kind of ask what we now are asking everyone after being through this process of COVID and still kind of going through it. How are you doing? How are you handling things? How's the family? How are you guys surviving? Yeah, um, we are surviving. That is for certain. It has been a really long it's so funny. It's been a really, really long six. Has it been six weeks? Six, it's seven weeks? Seven weeks? Six, right? Eight weeks? I don't even know how many weeks it's been. I've lost Three count. Three months in healthcare. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a really, really long, however many weeks it's been. Um, but what's funny is that it's almost like I can't even remember. Like it yeah. just went so quickly. It's like a blur. Like March didn't even happen. Where did April go? <laughs> it didn't and now exist. it's like the end of May. Yeah. And I have no idea. Like we're going into summer now. So it's just been a really interesting past couple of months. And um, as a business owner, I've just the entire time just focused on moving forward. Like, how do I keep going forward? I cannot stop this train. I just need to keep going. I know that a lot of restaurants and everybody was different. So no judgment at all. But a lot of restaurants closed and, and thought about what they were going to do and reorganize themselves and then reopened. But um, on my end, we had only opened, I want to say, five weeks in our new location prior yeah. to closing. Let everyone know where you guys oh, are located yes. now. So um, we used to be located on the northwest corner of 44th Street in Camelback. We were there for six years. And then we moved in February um, and we are now inside the Vintage, which is located on 44th Street and Osborne. So literally one major block and a half south of where we were before. Nice. Woo woo to the to all the ladies working out oh, of the I Vintage know, my too. Gosh. The Vintage crew, um, the owners of Junk in the Trunk Vintage Market, they also own the Foundress and um, the Vintage Market Home. They are absolutely amazing, super skilled at what they do. Once you walk into that place, you just get a sense of of what they're capable of. Yeah. You know, they design the whole space. And I mean, if you even just go to the bathroom, they got, they've got they got four bathrooms there. Oh, I, mean, I, mean, I guess we have four bathrooms. <laughs> epic. But she um, or they have designed each one individually and they are so beautiful beautiful you know, we've done such we've, an amazing job we've been already and we've actually done an episode on our vlog about it and so we were so happy to go see everything that they designed yeah. and it was incredible but on top of that there are episode 16 for us so oh, awesome. <laughs> they yes. were they were way back in the day yeah. and it was so incredible to meet like both of them Lindsay mm -hmm. and coley and just like get to know them on a personal level as far as for myself getting to um, reach out to the community for mm -hmm. the very first time yeah just to kind of, I, I know we talked off air, but they were actually my first out of my like realm, like people out of oh, my own circle yeah. to like pitch and like, yeah. hey, I have a podcast. Yeah. And so they were just, they were yeah. so sweet and nice well, That's what's it. so amazing is that they're very open and, and more, we were actually chatting about this today that um, we like, you look at them and you think, oh my gosh, look at all the things that they've accomplished and they are way above way up here and you almost like mm -hmm. idolize them for the things that they've done but we have all started somewhere and yeah. i mean you you know you listen to their story and they originally did their first junk in the trunk um 
I guess market in their in backyard. backyard. No, and in their personal oh, in backyard. Their personal backyard. And then it grew out to the front of the yard, right. and then they got the whole neighborhood involved, That's and then insane. it grew from yeah. there to the another big place where they like it. Literally was grassroots. Right. Totally. And and to do that and to grow it over the course of years. I mean, they are the most humble duo, and um, honestly, I'm very honored to have been chosen to collaborate with them in, in the way that we have. So, yeah. yeah, it's been an amazing experience for the most part. I mean, of course, COVID has been <laughs> yeah. a little bit of a downer, but um, we, like I said, we've kind of like pushed forward one step, one foot in front of the other. I didn't want to close because I have, I've had a team members that have worked for me for years. Yeah. And I know that unemployment at the time, especially with the way things were organized, was not going to be enough for them to survive week upon week upon week. Yeah. And we didn't know how long this was going to go on for. So my entire goal at the beginning of all of this was to serve my community and serve my team. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much all of what was carrying me through yeah. um, the entire time. And then probably I'd say like th- about two or three weeks into being the dining room closures, um, I was a- approached by an anonymous donor who was basically like, let's collaborate and work work on something where you do um, meals at cost and then I provide you the funds to then feed the community. Yeah. And so that became way bigger than I ever thought it could possibly be. Um, Not only did I have that one anonymous donor, but I had donors coming out of the woodwork everywhere who were just wanting to feed the community in, in, in this time of need. And so over the course of the past... I want to say this week was week six of us delivering donor meals. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done upwards, I think, including this week, we're probably close to 10,250 meals nice. that have been sent out in just over a month. Jeez, you guys move yeah. fast, yeah, don't you? It was, it, it's been a crazy, crazy couple of weeks. But the entire intention was to provide nutrient-dense, microwavable meals, yeah. individual-sized microwavable meals to the masses. And... You know, we were, we're doing a delivery to St. Mary's Food Bank every Friday where we would drop a pallet full mm. and I would post it on my Insta stories just because I loved that picture of the little, I don't even know what kind of um, equipment it is, but they come up and they pick the pallet up. Oh, yeah. They, the little the, yeah, the uh, car, forklift right, thing. The forklift yeah, thing. Yeah. And, um, and it's just like all of these meals boxed up and then they carted inside their warehouse. And it was just so heartwarming to know that that was feeding people who were in need. And they were saying how... You know, that one point, for instance, they would be feeding 250 people a day. And mm-hmm. now they're meet, eating 1,500 people a day mm-hmm. just because people were laid off and they didn't have jobs and they yeah. didn't have income. And before the federal government started supplementing unemployment, the the max unemployment per week was like $283. Yeah. So all of it was like really scary and unknown for a lot of people. And we didn't know how long it was going to last. And so as, as a business, we just... Um, we're so lucky to have this anonymous donor step forward and then work together to provide for the community. It was sure. pretty awesome. Man, that's an incredible story that you guys have just yeah. been through for the last couple of weeks in, in the business for you guys. So here's what I usually ask everyone after this question is, can you give us a little bit of an origin story of how Chestnut came to be? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> after all of this, I you know, have to like remember this, how go, you started. Let's go back. Let's go back. <laughs> Um, so it was, it's really interesting. So chess, there was a business called Chestnut Lane. It existed 
uh, where Buck and Ryder is now. Okay. It existed there many, many years ago. Okay. And my sister, wa- and I'd been there many times, but my sister more so than myself would go very frequently and she became pretty good friends with the owner of that plate of that location, of that cafe. Mm-hmm. And um, the woman decided to close um, not because she wasn't successful. I think she just was tired. Mm-hmm. And um, my sister had a conversation with her unbeknownst to me about <laughs> wanting to take it over from her. Yeah. So I was actually working at a Spanish speaking ophthalmology clinic on the West side. I had been there for seven years And um, she called me up when I was driving home one day and she's like, hey, do you want to open a restaurant with me? And I literally was like, "Okay, sure. And then then the next thing you know, like it just kind of like one thing came after the other. And we had hired a couple consultants and we figured out the financials and we Mm -hmm. got, you know, we hired chefs and managers and all those things and and got everything together to launch um, about a year and a half after that. A lot of stuff has happened since then that has taught me that all of that is a huge waste of money. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) but no, I mean, um, not all of it, but a lot of it can be a huge waste of money. I think that um, sometimes you know, we always second guess ourselves mm-hmm. and we don't have faith in our abilities to do things mm-hmm. because we don't have experience necessarily. It's the newcomer task. Right, right, it's the newcomer right, task. right. Yeah. It's, yeah, I suppose mm-hmm. it is. So um, it's a lot of things have changed. My sister, who, by the way, we have an amazing relationship and she's really an awesome human being, but she had a few things go go on during in her life where she had to step back. So yeah. it's just me now, okay. which is totally fine. And um, I don't have managers anymore. I don't have like... Well, I, I mean, I have managers who manage the place um, for me yeah. while I'm not there, although I am there a lot and I have like a kitchen manager. But generally speaking, I'm super hands on okay. where I wasn't as much when um, when we first opened yeah. many uh, years ago. So here's my thing, too, is like that, you know, that so the, the name, the chestnut name mm-hmm. where you re- why, why, why take it? What was that? What was that conclusion? It, it's so interesting. I don't hindsight. I feel like. I don't really know why we did that. I mean, I I think I know the reason that we did it is because we thought that there was some brand recognition Got it. and yeah. kind of moving forward, we could take that and take some of the recipes and, and, and bring in her clientele that, you know, at least off the bat remembers the name. Right. Exactly. Um, but it's just so interesting because hindsight, I think sometimes you can create something new and, and it's just equally as exciting. Yeah. Um, but Everything happens for a reason. And and here we are. And I, I love Chestnut. I love the brand. I love yeah. some, even, you know, we we do retain probably, I'd say, like 15% of her original recipes. Oh, awesome. Yep. So we have a few things on the menu that are her originals. And um, she'd be happy to hear that. She would be happy. Yeah. She's now, she lives in California now and she's a food blogger. So, oh, very cool. Yeah. She's pretty fantastic. And she's always a supporter. She'll like all my pictures and nice. comment and stuff. She's pretty awesome. And um, you know what you should gonna, do now yeah. is try and get her to come and visit you guys and at least try one of her old recipes oh, and get I like a review. I on know, it. review, uh, judge us, please. Yeah, judge us. no, that'd be cool. Uh, here's another one. Um, I know that for every entrepreneur, or business owner, there's that aha moment where you kind of have it's kind of like when the the sails are set free and like you're going full mass on to the ocean. You're just really mm-hmm. going. What was that day for you? What was that aha moment? That got you thinking to yourself, I can do this. It's going to be okay. Interesting. I I don't necessarily 
I don't know. I have a moment in time where I feel like was a pivotal point in my business Mm -hmm. where then I had to kind of just like grab a hold of the reins and buck up and and like full throttle move forward. Yeah. And that happened a number of years ago. It's it's a bit of a oh, it's a bit of a secret story that I don't tell very often. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess like it's I guess I could share it here. It's not that uh, it's not that secret necessarily. But I I had um, and and it happens in this industry. It's not uncommon. But mm-hmm. I had a couple of of people work for me for a while. I was um, kind of going back a little bit. I was pregnant when we first opened, yeah. um, and then I had my second child uh, four weeks. Four, I mean, sorry, four months after we opened our doors. Oh, so okay. so I was a new mom to two two kids at that time, yeah. and um, and I was actually still working my job at the ophthalmology clinic. Oh, you're doing I did, double duty. I did that for for a year and a half of being in my business, and then so mom working. I just had I was like on overload. Yeah, and so I really depended a lot on the people who were working, I guess, for me in mm-hmm. the business. And, um, I had a couple of people working for me. This was probably eight months, maybe, maybe a year, maybe a year to, I can't even remember timeline anyway, but they were working for me and, um, we had sat down at kind of a typical meeting. I took them out to dinner and, um, there was this kind of pause at the end of the meal and uh, we had kind of wrapped up all the business conversation. And then she announced to me that she was leaving and that she was taking my pastry chef and she was opening her own pastry business. And um, she would be taking a number of the recipes as well. And that I would then be purchasing pastries from her. So that was a very interesting moment in that the business w- where I... In, in the moment, I will be honest with you, I cried. That was a like, mafia move right there. I mean, like I full on, full on cried. And um, basically, I, 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 had, I had asked this person who was managing my business at the time. I said, OK, I understand. Um, I need for you to show me everything that you know so that I can move forward because it was no it was like a no notice type situation Mm. like this was happening tomorrow yeah Yeah. and so um I'm not quite sure what happened after that where like it she she did come in to show me but was very cold about it so I was just like you know what never mind I I I don't I don't need this anymore and just said we'll just just part ways and call it a day and in that moment I realized I don't know pardon my pardon me but s-h-i-t about running a restaurant I was a year into owning one and I had no idea how to run one. Wow. And nobody to show me how to run one. Wow. So I, in that moment, I was like, I can, I do not ever want to feel like this mm-hmm. again yeah. in anything that I do. And so in that moment, I literally learned everything. <laughs> I learned ordering. I learned cooking on the line. I learned dish. I learned the register. I learned you know, drink making, whatever my business provided, I learned the ins, the outs. Mm -hmm. And I basically took serious ownership of my business. And that was a pivotal moment. I think that when I really stepped into who I was, Mm -hmm. um, that chestnut became what it was supposed to be. For sure. I love it. Yeah. I love that story. That means so much too, because 
the way that you spoke about it was like it's so it is so real when those moments happen for yeah. a lot of entrepreneurs yeah. and, and for some of us myself included is it's either you die by a thousand cuts which is mm-hmm. you're learning by doing you're mm-hmm. basically you know you're just like i had to learn how to edit i didn't know anything about right. editing i literally ruined the first episode <laughs> The one of the episodes, you know, like things had to like fail on me. This has failed on me once. Like I've run the card out and like things like that. Those little thousand cuts I had to really um, learn by doing. And then for others like yourself, it's just like that one big one. But that one big one, if you can get back up. Right. It is pushing you more than anything else. It is the the fire that burns internally always. And I, I feel for you. I really yeah. do because that is, and that's like, like I said, it's a mafia moment it right is, there. It is. It's a it's a cutthroat world out there. But I will tell you, like I keep I keep going back to this, but I really do feel like everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. And maybe that was preparing me for the COVID moment, where yeah. literally it the restaurant um, dining rooms closed, and I said, I got this. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm I'm going Can to I- just push nice because i've i'm i have been through hard times before i have struggled i have done what i need to do to make it work awesome and so nothing really scares me anymore if that makes any sense that is so incredible and to also hear that and know that you're also a mother of two (laughs) is is also an incredible like you know i want how did how did they feel like how was this time being mom and then teacher as well too Oh, good gravy. I will tell you that I have immense mom guilt. Um, I definitely prioritized my business over being a mother. Um, but I'm I'm trying to give myself as much grace as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, I would always be home to get them on their Zoom calls to make sure that they're doing the things that they need to do. And then I would only be gone for certain amounts of time and then run back to see them and, you know, do all the things so that they didn't feel quote unquote abandoned. Yeah. And, um, but what I tried to kind of like tell myself was that these are life lessons that they, that are going to stick with them for a long mm-hmm. time. Yeah. You know, mommy, as much as I love and care and, and will and will do all the things for you would die for you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be here forever. Yeah. And you're going to have to grow up. I, th- I, I, I have very, I love the way you put that in it's it, it does somewhat kind of bring light to how I grew up and mm-hmm. how, you know, my family kind of um, brought me up is my dad was always the type to say, I give you what you need. Mm-hmm. You earn what you want. Right. And so, and so, you know, that kind of like always in different ways, in different shapes and forms has always popped up in my life Mm -hmm. in some sort of fashion, whether that's, you know, through sports or through this or through work, you know, whatever it may be, there's always that, that saying in the back of my head. So when I hear it, I hear that same thing is like, you know, you try and instill as much as you can of independence on them. And, but you also let them know how much you love them. Right. So that's absolutely that's and it's and it's been tough. And and honestly, it's been tough for all of us. There's no nobody's exempt from 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 all of what's been happening. Mm-hmm. You know, we have our our patience is wearing thin. Oh, yeah. We our tempers are running high. Like it, 
we, we, we are all going through it. So when we have our moments where we snap or we break or we do, the, we, we just have to give ourselves grace and say, because I think especially in this world, there's, there's this comparison factor. Everybody's mm-hmm. comparing yourself to one, a mom is comparing herself to another mom, a restaurateur is comparing herself to another restaurateur. Like, and sometimes we just have to realize that everybody has Mm-hmm. stuff going on everybody has problems everybody's going through the same thing and that's i mean if anything that's what covid has taught taught us is everybody's dealing with covid <laughs> yeah okay so so we are all in the same boat in that yeah. regard and so um we and and we'll, we're gonna get through it and you know if we have hard days as moms it's it's gonna be okay yeah. you know our kids know that we love them absolutely yeah. I, I you know and it's incredible to like just even kind of experience some of the the community um, ship that goes with this as well. Like you were saying, we're all dealing with it. But what I found so such a like silver lining through the mess of it is that the fact that I get to interview individuals who tell me incredible stories that they've mm-hmm. been through, like what you guys are doing with the food. And, you know, that's just for me, that is one of the top of the top of the beauty of all of this was being able to understand that there is a silver lining and be able to to view the community that we have here in such a beautiful light like yourself and other restaurants that are doing what they can to help out and it's just i i want people to understand that in the darkest of time there are people like you mm-hmm. who fight and want to go towards you know the war and towards the mess to help others out and yeah. that's incredible to hear I want to know now, because I was asking you earlier about um, we are uh, advocates for advocators. So mm-hmm. are you guys, other than the um, packaging for food, are you guys, do you have any other resources, things that you guys use? I know the PP, is it PPP oh, right. grant yeah. and all the other stuff. Do you have any other outsourcing for restaurant or workers or anything like that that you know of or that you're guiding your employees to? Well, I when we when when the when the closure first happened, I told all of my employees, I said, if you believe that you can make more through unemployment, whatever that is, mm-hmm. please file. That is the best route for you. Okay. If I can provide for you more than what that is going to provide for you, then stay with me and I will give you as much time as I can. Awesome. And um I I retained I, at first, it was about 15 people. And then as the weeks went by, they they went, to, especially with the federal government applying the extra $600 a week yeah. for unemployment, a, a bit, a few of them applied, which was totally 100% A-OK and encouraged. Um, so in that regard, um, that was something that I kind of said to everybody right at the beginning. Um, we applied for the PPP Um right away yeah. like literally the second it came out um we bank with uh Ch- i mean i'm not i don't know if you want to talk about this but chase and um so when their when their applications came out we sent it right in oh, okay. did all the things nice. we did not get funded the first round it was pretty heartbreaking oh, no. um obviously a lot of people know the drama that went into all of yeah. that with yeah. you know ruth's chris and shake shack and blah blah yeah. blah everybody knows um so when the second round of funding came out um i didn't put all my eggs in one basket yeah. and I applied through a small um, financial institution called Blue Vine mm-hmm. and literally I applied on a Monday and had the funding in my bank on Wednesday nice. which was so I mean that moment was just like oh my god I've got another I've got another eight you know four payroll cycles yes. basically yeah. you know what I mean which is just like phenomenal in a situation like this Absolutely. 
Um, I got on the uh, phone call for restaurateurs with um, Mayor Gallegos mm. the other day. Okay. She had a like kind of a live Zoom call um, a few days ago talking about um, grant money mm-hmm. um, and resources for restaurants. And um, I do know that there are um, grants both for restaurants, small businesses, micro businesses and um, and the like that are available as of today mm-hmm. on, um, I want to say it's Arizona, Arizona Community Foundation's okay. website. I think that's who they're doing it through. Um, I am trying to figure out if we're eligible because I do know that um, they do want to primarily fund businesses that are in lower income, tra- like census tract mm-hmm. locations, yeah. which ours does not necessarily fall into those guidelines but um, I'm working through that right now so I I will tell you that the federal government the local governments they've really been rallying behind business and small business and restaurants which which I've been kind of I've been talking to people I incidentally I wish I had a a louder voice than I do but I've said um, over and over and over again through all of this that um, small business and entrepreneurship is the foundation and backbone of the American dream. Yeah. And without that, America fails. So I'm glad that the U.S. government and the local governments have really stood up yeah. and started to support us. Absolutely. Yeah. Have you um, have you worked with Local First at all? Local First Arizona. I have um, worked with them in the past, and but I I haven't worked very close with closely yeah. with them. Um, they have another time. grant. Well, oh. they had a grant that they were um, providing for. I just wanted to provide yeah. you that information. Yeah. They had a grant as well. If you want to look oh, up that information, nice. oh, okay, as well. Local First yeah. does. Ha- oh, perfect. I'll check it out. Awesome. Um, there's so many like you know like that's one of the things that I want to get out of this is that we want to be advocates for advocators yeah. and just provide them with other restaurateurs or whoever out there that needs the information. We want to yeah. be able to provide professionals or other um, experienced people who have been through it that you know no information to yeah. provide that. So thank you for that. Yeah, I really do appreciate that. So I'm going to kind of curve into um, some of the some of the, like your. The business and life and just kind of how you mix the two. Mm-hmm. Um, are you doing anything to kind of now kind of keep your sanity? Are there any routines that you kind of keep th- during the yeah, day or during, yeah. the, you know, to kind yeah. of keep all of this together? So I'm I'm very much a creature of habit. Nice. Like I very much like so. So when COVID hit, I that was the hardest thing for me. Mm-hmm. I was literally like, everything's in the air, <laughs> like, and how, and which ones do I catch and what yeah. do I do? And, and not being able to do the things that I would typically do in the morning. Like I would wake up and go straight to work. There, like all of my morning routine was completely gone. And I would just be like, okay, what are we doing today? How are we going to go about this? I talked to my vendors, talked to my cook, talked to my front of the house and be like, this is what mm-hmm. we're doing. And just flying by the seat of my pants. Yeah. Um, but I am very much a creature of habit. And now that things are kind of settling down, I think that's when I started to kind of calm mm-hmm. a little bit about everything is that when I was able to start doing the things that I like to do, mm-hmm. um, I always like my cup of coffee in the morning. There you go. Right away. <laughs> first thing. Um, and then, of course, during COVID, I uh, it was always the homeschooling Zoom calls started right at eight. I'm an early bird, so I wake up really early. I wake up around like 5.30, 5.45, just yeah. naturally. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, 
I'm awake. And it doesn't matter what time I went to bed. Um, but I do like those few hours alone. I might go for a hike in the morning. Nice. I might, you know, work, do a little spin or, or work out or whatever. Or mm-hmm. sometimes I do it in the afternoon, just depending on time. But, um, and for, for as long as I could, can really remember, at least recently, I, before COVID happened, I was swimming almost every day. I was, I swam in college. So oh, it's just okay. a very like yeah. normal thing for me. Would you swim? Um, I was just a distance swimmer. So I oh, swam nice. the mile was my event. Wow. <laughs> that's yeah. what's your best time. Come on. Let's hear it. Oh, were you a swimmer? Oh, no, no, I wasn't, but I, 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 I know, like I can oh. kind of figure out, like I uh, watch swimming. Yeah. Like, I, I, love I did, uh, what did I, I swam the mile in 15 or no, no, 16 minutes and 50 seconds i think that's really good <laughs> something like that i mean it was it's like holding like a 101 102 100 which yeah. is anyway for those swimmers out there who are interested, yeah. it's not that fast <laughs> it's not keep in mind i'm 37 years old so this was a long <laughs> time ago swimming was a different thing back then um than it is nowadays but anyway um i was swimming probably every afternoon oh, and awesome. yeah. um my I, i'd really gotten used to that like vitamin d mm. like i would lo- i loved getting in the sun and just being in the cool water and feeling weightless for a minute and just yeah. kind of zoning out because it's a cardio that i doesn't take a lot of brain power since i've been doing it forever mm-hmm. like yeah. where running is just like where is my foot going and what am i doing i'm the exact opposite <laughs> oh. way so i was a, i was a cross-country runner in, oh my in, in high school <laughs> i cannot run for the life of me great great wonder is what i like she she's she she's so curious about like how i can do yeah. it for so long yeah. and i'm just like i just do it like that's part of like like you, it's like my mind shuts off yeah. and I just go. Oh my gosh. By the time like I hit, I say like three miles, I'm just like, how much longer do you actually want to do this? I'm <laughs> like, your legs are not going to keep doing this. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. But, um, but yeah, I, I, so I was swimming fairly regularly. They closed all the pools, yeah. but I'm so excited. They reopen next week. Nice. So I get to get back into like kind of my routine. Um, I like to go, I would always go for like a swim from like 1130 to 1230. And then I'd swing back at the restaurant and check in yeah. and grab some lunch and make every, make sure everybody's a-okay and good to go. And I do spend a lot of time at the restaurant. I always have. Yeah. I, it's just, um, I love my team and I love the people who come in and, um, I love the space yeah. and the vibe. It's really cool. Yeah. We've been there recently or not recently, I guess when a couple weeks before everything, yeah. like a couple weeks before that. And that was just, it was so incredible. I'm a landscape architect by yeah. trade. So I was fascinated by the yeah. parking lot. And oh I was my asking gosh. Her, they did such a great job. Yeah. I was asking her so many questions yeah. about that parking lot and just, it was just, da, 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 da. and she, Lindsay was like, I, I it, yeah, it's, <laughs> It's a parking lot, Jose. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, yeah, I know. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. Uh, but you know, it's it's just like we all nerd out about our different. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I totally nerd out on so many different things. You don't even want to know <laughs> the stuff that I'm like currently into right now. Well, it's one weird. of the things I would like to ask you because you are particular about your coffee in the morning. Yeah. Like, are you going to the restaurant and like getting this drip coffee or like what are you doing? So at home, my what I drink. So there, I like a lot. I like coffee from all different ways and all kinds of different things. I do like coffee at Chestnut. We have provision um, coffee and 
I do drink the drip coffee. Sometimes I do an Americano. And okay. if I'm feeling indulgent, I'll do a almond milk cappuccino. Nice. But <laughs> at home, I tend to start with an espresso in the morning. It's oh, just okay. easy. Yeah. It's kind of brainless. Although I will tell you that my personal favorite way to make coffee at home is an AeroPress followed by a French oh. press followed by an espresso. Nice. So, yeah. And I'm kind of a coffee snob. Hey, we were actually for our um, honeymoon. We went down to Mexico City. Yeah. And we found a little cafe and that was just like hole in the wall. Mm -hmm. And they were doing pour overs. Oh, wow. I got to say, it's like one of the best coffees I've ever had. I'm like, I'm just so used like. I'm basically just an animal. I just drink normal like <laughs> coffee from the pot. And no, like, that's the, great. But I mean, I have my moments. So, so really, the great thing, another episode, we've had an incredible, um, like, I don't even know. Like, he has a business where his coffees are pour over. Um, basically, they're just little pour over essential like. Oh, individual. Individual coffee yeah. pour overs. And you put it over the coffee. Yeah. Oh, uh, the little, are they paper? Yeah. 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 I've seen those. Cafe Emporos. Oh, it is Ruben from cool. Cafe Emporos. So meeting him and kind of understanding how he grew up and just his story about like going to South Korea and, mm-hmm. and just training, you know, basically he's a school teacher that learned coffee making yeah. in, the, in South Korea. Wow. And so he just was like, Teaching and then after, like you, yeah. just like after teaching, like clock out, run to the bus. Oh my gosh. Like drive, like the bus took him an hour outside of the city yeah. into this small like oh town gosh. where he learned from this old man. That's so funny. And he just brought it here and like all of his coffees are, I think they're single source, like yeah. from the farm in, mm-hmm. in Mexico. But his, just his overall demeanor and how he approached coffee is just this love and passion mm-hmm. and it's just like fragile thing. Like it's, it's art. Right. And so it's just incredible. Like, yeah, that, like hearing people's taste of like right. how they learn to enjoy right. coffee. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I will tell you the very first time I ever drank coffee, I think I was 17 years old and it was mostly sugar and cream. <laughs> That's, and, and I also pitched this as like your very first coffee is usually the coffee you stick to for most people. Yeah. And that was my like yeah. my mom at. 12 or 13 gave me her cup of coffee which was cream and sugar and i that's how i take my coffee yeah from ever since <laughs> i do like i like um if i do like a drip a dripper americano i do like half and half and um sugar-free hazelnut nice mm. you're just a little bit of cinnamon maybe you're you've i'm sorry <laughs> I, I should have been honest with you i'm juicing right now this is my last day on the juice oh, cleanse so no. i'm just like oh, i'm just coffee, i'm coffee, here coffee. but i'm like Yes, I need some coffee. Oh, my gosh. No, it's it's okay. Um, I'm going to ask you, um, I'm actually going to ask Brittany to come in here. Brittany. She's not here. I guess I will take over <laughs> Brittany's big question, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. Brittany usually has a little section of her, of our podcast called Brittany's Big Question. So Brittany's big question today. Da, 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 da. What are you planning to do after all of this settles down? Where is the first place you want to go? Like as me as an individual? Yeah, as you as an individual. Like honestly, the pool yeah. on Monday. Okay. Like I am so looking forward to going for my swim. And I don't know. I don't. That's like my. That's been probably one of my most difficult things to not have in my life. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds like ridiculous. But um, being in, in the water and not having like any sound Mm -hmm. and and actively moving where your brain just like kind of shuts off yeah it's 
the best. Yeah, I, I agree. 100%. Like I, Cause I did, my mind kind of goes a lot and it won't, sometimes it won't stop. It keeps me up at night sometimes. And I just like, especially in anxiety driven moments, mm-hmm. like, like COVID for instance. And so through this, like that has been my, definitely by far something I've, I've missed the most is just that quiet, calm, cool, coolness of the water mm-hmm. and just being able to zone out for an hour nice, yeah. and not thinking about anything. <laughs> not thinking about anything at <laughs> yeah. all. Well, I, um, I really do thank you for coming in. This has been just incredible to get to know you a little bit better and just kind of be able to share your story. So we're reaching the end here. And typically at the end, we kind of give it to you to let everyone know where they can find you online, oh, yeah. all your social media yeah. handles, any yeah. events that you want to promote. This is your chance to do oh, so. Oh my goodness. Go right okay. Um, so our website is chestnutaz.com. And that's pretty much our handle on everything from mm-hmm. Facebook to Instagram to Twitter. Although I'm not really a tweet tweeter um, but <laughs> it's fine. chestnut az is where you can find us um we are currently well obviously we're located um in the vintage on 44th and osborne in arcadia our current hours are 9 a.m to 4 p.m mm-hmm. that was that was kind of our covid closure hours but we're going to kind of keep those up i think until june okay and then which is a mere day, mere days away so don't worry and then we're going to convert into our summer hours where those will expand um we will i don't believe that we'll be open every single night but mm-hmm. um we do intend on being open in the evenings okay we have a full cock new cocktail list coming out i made Ooh. mojitos today nice so good that is oh my, my jam gosh. Mojitos yes. are my jam. Fresh muddled. We had um, uh, obviously mint, lime, uh, cri- what is it? The crystal sugar. Yeah. And um, just muddled the crap out of that and then <sighs> topped it with some really delicious rum. And I like to top it with Topa Chica lime. I'm a oh, huge Topa Chica lime nice. person. So um, those were so refreshing and amazing. And our fresh pressed margaritas are great. So we're going to have all those going um, in the evening. Well, we do them all day, but obviously more so in the evening when we expand our hours into the evenings. Mm-hmm. And I've been talking to the vintage crew about doing some really, really fun fun like socially distant events um during those evenings yeah we might be talking about some fun social distance trivia nights nice and potentially some drive-in movies so those are just some kind of cool brainstorming ideas that we're getting or having um and talking about so definitely follow us on um i'm most active on instagram and facebook and then on the website as well and uh, you can always follow the Vintage Crew or um, Junk in the Trunk Vintage Market or Coley or Lindsay. Um, and they post about everything. And we're going to be announcing all those exciting things in the coming weeks. Awesome. Well, yeah. I really do look forward to all of them. Yeah. I hope to be at one of them at yes. least. I yeah. hope to at least go to a couple if I can. Yeah. Um, ladies and gentlemen, you can hear every episode of our podcast at FindingArizonaPodcast.com. We make it easy for you guys to connect to us. So all of our social media handle is under Finding Arizona Podcast, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So we got you covered. Last but not least, if you would like to become a super fan, we have a place for you to go do so. Patreon.com slash Finding Arizona Podcast. There you'll sign up for one of the tiers and you'll get bonus content in return, like our fine examination, which Kristen is going to take part in in the next couple of minutes. So join us over there at Patreon.com slash Finding Arizona Podcast. And with that, we say goodbye to Chestnut AZ and Kristen here. And good night to all of you listening. Bye-bye. Bye.